right, what's happening? Welcome into Sports Betting Daily. How are we doing on a Tuesday? Today is the 7th, March 7th, 2023. How are we doing today? On today's show, we're going to talk about something called uh, the Ham Sandwich Theorem. That's right, we're talking ham sandwiches today. And this is going to get me hungry, I just know it. Uh, so, so the Ham Sandwich Theorem, this is like a real thing. In mathematics, the Ham Sandwich Theorem is... Well, we'll talk about it. We'll get into it, how it relates to sports, my favorite kind of sandwiches, all that stuff. So we'll get into that today. Special thanks to Thrive Fantasy. Thrive Fantasy is the place you want to go for player props. Whether you're playing uh, like daily fantasy style games or parlaying player props together, not a better place for player prop uh, betting in the entire industry. So check them out online, Thrive Fantasy, or download the app. Put in promo code SBD when you're signing up for a deposit match up to $100. All right, so today we're going to talk about ham sandwiches, the ham sandwich theorem, and really how this weird geometry math problem relates to sports betting. Now, today's Tuesday. We do math theory every Tuesdays. Different look at math, whether it has to do with sports betting directly or not. That's what Tuesdays are for. So we'll talk about this this ham sandwich thing. And like I said, kind of how I think it uh, relates to sports betting. So here's what the ham... (laughs) It's almost funny to say. Here's what the ham sandwich theorem states. If you have three 3D objects, okay... Three 3D objects specifically stacked on top of one another, there's always 100% of the time exactly one plane that will cut all three things in half. So the way to think about this is a ham sandwich, right? You have the bread, the piece of ham, and let's just assume like one kind of like big, thick piece of ham here, and then one more piece of bread, okay? So you have three 3D objects, the bread, the ham, and the bread. The idea is no matter how poorly the sandwich is made, right? As, as sloppy as it is, if the ham's falling off, if the bread's already half, you know, eaten or half gone or it's been peeled off or whatever. Like you, maybe like you peeled the crust off and the ham's falling out of the sandwich. As disorganized as a sandwich looks, there's always exactly one way you can cut it to where you get 50% of all the material on one side and 50% of all the material on the other side, right? So that's the ham sandwich theorem. Uh, uh, the way it's stated in terms of the definition is this, quote, in mathematical measure theory, for every positive integer N, the hams, <laughs> it's so funny that this is like in the thing, for every positive integer N, the ham sandwich theorem states that given M measurable objects in N directional Euclidean space, it is possible to divide each of them in half with a single dimensional hyperplane. This is even possible if the objects overlap, okay? So that's the pure, dry definition. But the layman's terms of that is when you have three things on top of one another, there's always exactly one line or one plane or one way you can cut it that will divide all of the mass on whatever we're talking about directly in half, okay? So that's the ham sandwich theorem, okay? It's kind of... It's kind of right? Like uh, just plain. It's, it's very direct. It's very obvious. Here's the thing though, with the ham sandwich theorem. We know mathematically that this is a law. This is 100% legitimately every single time we have a ham sandwich or any three three-dimensional objects on top of one another, we know we can always get that 50% exactly. The issue is this theorem doesn't give us a way to find the answer, right? We know it's possible. We know it exists, but this does nothing to get us there. We just know it's possible, okay? So from a theory point of view, it's doable, but it's going to take some work to actually do it. So why does this matter? Why are we talking about ham sandwiches and, and 3D objects and geometry and all that, okay? 
I think it relates to sports betting actually pretty congruently, okay? Why does this matter? I think it matters because evaluating our predictions in sports betting, it's so important. We have to know how good is our predictions. If I'm going to bet the NBA tonight and I've got the Lakers minus two, how good is that? Right? I mean, what does it mean? What does it matter if I have a bullshit number that doesn't mean anything and the Lakers should be plus eight and I have minus two, right? So we have to have, as sports bettors, legitimate ways of deciding how good were our bets, okay? The only issue is there's no way to do that. There's no real way to go back and say, how good was the bet? Because in mathematics, you can solve and check. You solve the problem, you check your work. In sports, if I show again the Lakers to be minus two, I can't check that. There's nothing I can do to make sure that's a legitimate prediction. Just like the ham sandwich thing, we know it's possible. Just like I know coming up with a good line is possible. It does nothing for us to get there though. So at the end of the day, in sports betting, how good, truly, how good are the bets we're making? In sports betting, there's always, no matter what you're talking about, there's always going to be a correct percentage for every event. And now maybe this idea in itself is more of a debatable math theory topic. You know, like there may be some people out there who say there's not always a correct percentage for every sport because you're dealing with human beings and this is, things are, things are uh, quite variable. So you're not ever going to be able to be able to say for certain any percentage point, right? Like the Lakers have a 67% chance of winning or whatever. Well, my theory is you can. And my theory is there's always, no matter what sport, what situation, whether it's the NBA, the NFL, or the hot dog eating contest, there's always going to be an intrinsically correct percentage for every event. That doesn't matter whether we're talking about St. Bonaventures and Davidson tomorrow in, in, in college basketball or the Lakers and the, and the, and the Pelicans in the NBA or an NFL matchup, or like I said, Joey Chestnut and whoever, you know, fill in the blank, Eater X at the hot dog eating competition. There's always, legitimately, 100% of the time, there's always an exact percentage for whatever's going to happen, right? We just don't ever know what that is because there is no way of checking. So how what do we do? If we are confident in our bets, what does that mean? Where's that confidence coming from? Okay, so here's what, here's what I think you should do. As sports bettors, there are certain ways we can go about sort of checking our work or making sure we're doing the best we can do to get to the closest number as possible. So the first thing I recommend doing is study, educate yourself, and learn about the prediction process, right? When I was in my late 20s and I went back to school to the University of Denver, to MIT, I did that because I essentially felt like I had to. Right? I was so goddamn paranoid that everyone around me was getting better, that these sports books were getting better. I was like, I have to start fighting fire with fire. I can't just keep looking at box scores and schedules and you know travel and, and betting that way. I've got to come up with a legitimate way to fight fire with fire and bet math very, very, very efficiently in, the, in my prediction process. So... That, in my opinion, if I'm going to give a recommendation, that's the first thing you should do is, is arm yourself with the knowledge of math, theory, prediction, all that that you need in order to be successful in sports betting. So make sure you're approaching the process with the most, with the most knowledgeable information or most readily usable information available to you, or you're working with someone that allows you to do that, okay? That's my first thing. 
Um, the second thing is you've got to give yourself time to let the math play out. So if you think you're ready to bet professionally, okay, and you think you're ready to bet for a profit, you've got to have a bankroll because you need a bankroll to do this. Okay, You need to be ready, but you have to bet lots of games. If you think you're ready to be a pro better, you almost have to give yourself an entire season to see if, you're ac- if your predictions are accurate. So give yourself time to let the math play out. A lot of people out there who want to start doing this a little bit, whether it's professionally or just to make more money, they don't give themselves enough time. They don't give themselves enough leeway to allow themselves to see the math play out and let the math breathe. As a matter of fact, I hear this a lot. People say, Tyler, from a mathematic point of view, what is the number of games I need to bet to see how good I am? If I bet 10 games and go six and four, does that mean I'm a 60% better? Do we need 100 games, 200 games? What's the number? And mathematically speaking, the number is the magic number to see if you're, you know, to kind of see your true percentage. It's about 625. That's the agreed upon number in math. It's like, that's how many data points we need for it not to be random. So that's kind of the number is is if you want to evaluate yourself, that's about how many games you're going to need to see if you're betting correctly. Okay, so number one, study and arm yourself with knowledge. Number two, give yourself time to let the math play out once you start betting these games. Number three, when you are betting games, you want to be evaluating closing line value consistently. Okay. And this is the thing. Closing line value, we've talked about it before. It doesn't pay the bills. It doesn't, you know, it, it, it doesn't get you fed, but it's a very, very telling indication, especially for new sports bettors, if you're generally on the right side. Okay, closing line value, you're not, if you beat closing line value, you're not always going to win the bet, but you know that you're doing the right thing to where you can identify a good line consistently before the market in general or the masses in the market identify it. Because maybe a topic for another show, sports betting is a multiplayer game. A lot of us think it's us versus the sports books. It's not. It's us versus all the other sports bettors out there. So that's important. You want to beat these numbers, evaluate closing line value constantly. And then finally, you're going to want to check your numbers at the end of the season. Here's what you're going to want to do. You're going to want to keep track of every single game you bet and every number you had. And then you're going to compare your numbers to two things. How closely did your numbers match the market, right? The closing line of the market. And how closely did your numbers match the outcome of the actual games? So if we had, let's say, and in, in, in the Super Bowl, we had Kansas City, uh, you know, plus one. And the closing line was Kansas City plus one and a half. That's pretty close. That's pretty decent to the closing line, right? So we're doing decent for the closing line value. And then Kansas City ended up winning by three, right? So we evaluate that. Well, we had Kansas City plus one. They won by three. Now we do that for every single game we bet. What was our bet or what was our number? What was the closing line number? And what was the outcome of the game? That will tell you how good your predictions are. You just need time to let them breathe so you can actually match your data up with what happened in reality. And that's why we need time is because if you start matching your data up with what happened in reality on a short term, you're going to get wildly what seemed like random results. You're going to be like, wait a minute. I had the Florida, I had Florida State football minus eight and they lost by 17 or whatever it may be, right? That doesn't mean that prediction process is bad because you need time to see, is it bad? Or was that just a game where you had a fluky result? So that's today's show for the ham sandwich theorem, right? The ham sandwich theorem states you got three, three 3D objects stacked on one another. You can always cut it directly in half. The issue with the ham sandwich theorem is 
even though we know it's legitimate, there's no way of solving it based on that knowledge. Same thing with sports betting. Even though we know for every game out there, there is a true percentage, right? Whether it's the Lakers and the and the Nuggets or a random soccer game or whatever it is, there's always an exact percentage. Team A has a 63% chance of winning and Team B has fill in the blank, right? There's always a legitimate percentage. We don't know that. We know that there, even though there is a percentage, there's no way of us finding it unless we do the work come up with a good prediction process. And my recommendations for everyone out there, if you want to do better in your predictions, do these things. Study and arm yourself with knowledge. Learn a lot about predictions. Give yourself time to let the math play out. Evaluate closing line value with all your bets. And then give it the season. Check at the end of the year, how close were your numbers to the market and to the outcome of the games. All right, that is it for today's show. Appreciate everyone listening. Good luck, whatever you have going on today or tonight. We'll talk to you tomorrow right here on Sports Betting Daily.